0: Hello and welcome to this uh, New Year episode of Battling with Business with me, Chris Kitchener. And me, Gareth, come In this podcast, we explore ideas and concepts around teams and teamwork, leaders and leadership, and all things in between. It's a discussion between a former Royal Marines officer and a product manager from the world of business, comparing and contrasting our experiences as we attempt to work out what makes teams, leaders, and businesses tick. And this is our end of year New Year episode. We talked about what kind of things we we might talk about in the episode and what we might do. And obviously, we've recently done the Christmas episode where we um, steadfastly avoided talking about Father Christmas and what kind of a leader he was. But we we were thinking about this. Um, the first episode of Battling with Business went out on the 26th of January, 2023. So the 26th of January this year. Yeah. We're kind of coming up to the first year, certainly in terms of how we do the recordings as well. Yeah. And so we thought what might be interesting is just a little bit of a reflection we've got a glass of wine in hand and so we can frankly we can sit back and talk about stuff that puts a smile on our face and you know maybe there's a maybe there's some stuff that's interesting in here either a whether you've been a follower of the podcast and listened to some or indeed all of the episodes or whether you're interested in hearing sort of our experiences recording what is now well over 50 episodes yeah well look Gareth why don't we start Well, firstly, Happy New Year. Oh, Happy New Year to you. Did you have a nice Christmas, Gareth?
1: Given that it's the 30th of November, it's difficult (laughs) for me to answer that.
0: You've ruined it. You've (laughs) ruined it. Well, we're looking forward to having a wonderful Christmas. Um, First year. Yeah. First of all, did you think we'd even get here? Um, Oh, you must have done, because when you set your mind to something, you very much do it. I
1: did. We talked about it for several weeks before we actually started to make sure that each of us were as committed as the other. So, yeah, I, I did think we'd get here. I think I underestimated how much work it is to do a podcast.
0: Well, I I mean, I'm going to congratulate you more than me. So more often than not, I do the easy bit, which is turning up and talking. Although, to be fair, with our families and our work lives, even that's a bit tricky. But you actually have done, frankly, the hard miles by doing all the editing.
1: And so I feel guilty, but grateful. Well, thank you. Yeah, it, it is hard work. But I think the thing we tried to do when we set out was make sure that we enjoyed it. And and we said you know, this isn't about trying to get to the top of the podcast charts or making vast amounts of money or you know, seeking fame and fortune. It it was about exploring ideas and topics in a slightly more formalized way, which would force us to do more research, more reading, meet new people, give us an excuse to meet new people. And And I think we've done that and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, and it's been it's been really interesting, which we will get into talking about,
0: yeah, we absolutely will. but I, I mean, I, I concur with you, which is I think it's a novelty when you start. And we looked at the data, and I think ninety percent of all podcasts in the world finished after episode three or five or something like that. yeah. but this this really did, for me, give us an excuse to have these conversations, which actually, you would occasionally do on an ad hoc basis, but this has almost forced us to have a bit more rigor,
1: yeah, it's for me, it's been really interesting because the thing about a podcast is you're trying to attract listeners, you're trying to grow your audience, you're trying to develop the content. And there's a there's a whole world of sort of media production engagement, social media, and, and it's it's a world that I've not really been part of or had any experience of. But we do talk about fake news, we talk about sensationalism, we talk about information flows. And there is a there is a draw to be sensationalist, to to create those clickbait discussions, content subjects that that are going to almost cheating and, you know, getting a whole load of listeners because you're, you're being provocative. And I think we set out from the very beginning, making sure we don't do that. And it's, it's interesting how, how much you start focusing on the numbers, focusing on how many followers, how many downloads we got. And I, I hope going forward, we continue to stick to the, the principle of, we talk about things that interest us. We we research as thoroughly as time allows, but we don't cut corners in the the analysis that, that you and I talk about we're not trying to create controversy I like
0: the fact every every episode isn't us going what's the title that's going to get the most people yeah. to download it We have little time to think about these and record these and so therefore the fact that it's it really is us figuring out on the on the go in many cases and working out how we believe i i have absolutely loved it and um it is cheaper than going to the pub which is how obviously this all started so so at one sense it's cheaper so the families don't see us spending as much money going down the pub but on the other side i think they're sick of the sight of us turning up and and saying i think you
1: should also apologize to steve who has missed out on numerous Mm -hmm. pub trips because we've been recording rather than pubbing
0: that is very true maybe we'll have to combine and do both of those things just record an episode from the pub there's a that's a yeah. that's a great we're going to come back by the way at the towards the end of this and we're going to talk about some guests and also some uh, what we want to talk about but i love that idea in fact i think for 2024 more on-site recordings i know yeah. we've got i know we've got one or two ideas around that but I like the idea of going where some of our guests are as well. Yeah. But th- for me, the thing that has kept it fresh and interesting is the range of topics and the range of guests. I love the fact, and it it tickles me, we've started some of these episodes with an element of, is this going to make sense in terms of what we're trying to talk about? So, I, I mean, I think one of my favorite ones, I'm getting ahead in terms of some of the guests, which was Ian Pegg talking about padres in the Second World War. And what we do is typically both of us sort of have guests we have in mind or people we've met. Interesting. And I have to believe Gareth was a little bit, well, okay, Chris, if you think this is a good idea. But what really tickled me was as we went through that conversation and every other conversation we've done, there's these little light bulb moments and we realize actually these, the, the tentacles of management and leadership Go in really unexpected places. so i've 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 loved the range of topics, but I've also loved the unexpected nature where you, you we we can find these echoes kind of wherever we look as well,
1: yeah, definitely. And I, I think I come back to what I said before, it it also forces us to to take the subjects quite seriously in a way that if we were just you and I in the pub talking about it, you wouldn't do the pre-reading to make sure you're not caught out. If you're going to have guests on, you can't just wing it. When no, I, that's true. That applies a sort of level of discipline to the subjects that we're covering, in a way that, in my day job, I didn't have. So I do a lot of reading around these kind of subjects for my day job, but there's no pressure to hit a deadline. Like you must, you know, be confident about talking about this mm-hmm. subject by this time. So this has really forced me to. Read, but read about things that I wouldn't necessarily normally read about and explore new ideas. You, well, that's you, really, you he- that's really healthy. You were saying that one of our previous
0: guests, Paul Armstrong, was messaging you and mentioned that he saw the Dolly Parton influencers episode. And said, Well, I wasn't expecting that and then loved the episode. So hi to Paul out there if you're listening.
1: Yeah, but very, very kindly shared it in a in a mutual WhatsApp group that we're in, uh, the technology behavior data group, just to plug Paul's technology conference. And if you haven't got your tickets, they are still available for the uh TBD conference on the 27th of February this year. And and of, I'll, and of I'll course I will be talking again.
0: And of course, you should listen to the interview we did with Paul where we talked about technology and looking ahead but the, the thing the other thing that's i i've loved is it it's really kept that the flame of curiosity burning yes because one of the things that has become clearer to me as we've talked about a set of incredibly diverse topics is that actually the same themes pop up week after week after week after week so i would argue 50 weeks ago if you'd have said you know what makes a a good leader, let's say, which is the the classic cliche, I would have probably given you sort of a stock answer. But 50 weeks into this, we've talked about this in so many different ways with so many different people. I think my answers are much more, more based on, you can see the rhythms, you can see the the patterns across the world, and you can start to sort of picture that a lot more. So I've I've, yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed that as well
1: there are people that i have worked with or crossed at events and you know you trade business cards or take details or connect on linkedin and then you have no reason to continue that conversation but you'd really like to they're the kind of people that you probably like to have a couple of pints with and and talk about these issues or discussions but you don't have a reason and it would just be weird to sort of reach out and say I don't really uh, know. Do you do want to go th- to the pub.
0: To be fair, I suspect many of our guests think it's a bit weird we reach out well, anyway. But-, but I no I I do agree with you and if you said to me pick the single most exciting thing excuse for doing this podcast actually for me it is the guests. Yeah. Because to your point, many of the guests that we've spoken to and and by the way we we should acknowledge how incredibly lucky we are to have so many people that have been willing to turn up you know, people don't know the podcast. This is a it's a pretty niche podcast. And actually, well, first thing is no one has said no. Literally That's no true. one has said yeah. no. There's lots of people who say maybe I'm a bit nervous about going on a podcast or people where it's a little bit more difficult to sort of um, get the time to sort of connect with them. But, I mean, I, I was just thinking back to Larissa Brown, who's the uh, defence correspondent for The Times, and her book about the gardener of Lashkar we heard her interviewing General Petraeus and Andrew Roberts, who is yeah. an, another uh, defense expert. We, we literally said, Larissa is a fascinating person. We should go up and talk to her. And she was very, very kind and agreed to appear on the podcast. So just that opportunity, that excuse to go find some of these people and go talk to them, that is really good. The excuse that the podcast gives to get people who have expertise that otherwise you wouldn't normally have access to that actually is the highlight for me and and you know in, in a bit we should talk about sort of some of our favorite guests and and who we've uh, who we've got on as well for me as well i've really enjoyed i actually been surprised by the feedback one of the things that's really weird about doing a podcast is of course you can't see who's listening We've admitted that there's a, and and I think we're getting better. There's this weird thing where you've got to go look at the download numbers. But on the other hand, then you have no idea who is actually listening. Yeah, And I think both of us have had this sort of case where you bump into people and they say, love the podcast. And actually that's really, really lovely when you get to see people who, who have sort of listened to it.
1: Yeah. Go on. I, I can what, see what you've got in front yeah, of you. Yeah. Okay. What, what we obviously can't do is find out who's listening, but we can look at when people listen, what platform, what podcast platform they use. But I think most interesting, where they are in the world. And, and as you'd expect, the vast majority of our listeners are from here in the UK. Yep. Second to that is the US. And that's, I think, a mix of the subjects that we cover are perhaps... Interesting to to people in the US as much as the UK. You worked there and lived there for a mm-hmm. long time. I've got connections with the US Marines and other bits of the the US defense establishment. Go well, and read you, out you, some you of the greats. I, I Canada is is obviously quite helpful in there. I work in Canada a lot. I've got lots of contacts out there. France and I think a big part of that's probably John. But yeah, there's some really random ones as well. So all the normal ones you'd expect the UK us france canada germany ireland greece spain australia and i'm but i'm now going to scroll to the bottom of the list and, and start reading upwards so moldova cyprus switzerland austria the united arab emirates argentina italy japan nepal philippines qatar thailand ukraine turkey singapore norway croatia jersey new zealand sweden vietnam saudi arabia czech republic south africa estonia portugal nigeria india the netherlands denmark it's quite remarkable look i mean for those people
0: listening and i'm i'm sure we've lost a bunch of people who said what topic are they going to talk about today and it's just a bunch of people drinking
1: yeah and reminiscing and listing countries but
0: actually genuinely if you're one of those listeners who's outside of the sort of the uk us canada Please email us and tell us who you are and what you do and how you came across us and, and what you like. We're really, I think, to start with, it, it was very sort of homegrown, people we knew would sort of find us. But what's really fascinating as we look at the numbers, it, it does grow. And so we're finding new people around the world. So, frankly, we would, we would absolutely love to hear from you as well. I want to, you know, I have a Catholic background, and so I want to share my guilt. You talked about the fact that um, you do the editing, and we, we, I think we've definitely got ambition to do more. I, I actually lie awake at night occasionally because I remember you saying, in the next week, we're going to have all the transcripts up. And I know we haven't done that. In fact, what, here's the funny thing. We have 15 transcripts because I've gone away and done all the work to turn those into transcripts. We haven't put them together. So this is my guilt in front of our audience to say, yeah, that is something we absolutely have to do. And over Christmas, when we have a bit of time, we'll definitely put those up there. Well I think
1: but... in the new year, I think one of the aims is to start a Patreon page so we can upload content and engage more with the audience. And and I think in, in the first year it's achieved everything I wanted to achieve, which is A, we've you know learned how to do it, maintained consistency, reached out to people and, and sort of started to build a network. For the next year I'd like to turn it into more of a podcast with content that goes with it a patreon page probably get a little bit better at the at the social sort of engagement and and, and all that sort of stuff but but keep going really and and hopefully have a range of equally interesting guests more interesting topics i think there's so much we haven't explored that we still yet we again
0: sort of Given this, this episode, we, we have a list of topics that we want to cover, and I think we've got a good 20 or 30 topics on there. So I, and, and frankly, every week we, we sort of bump into each other, walking the dog, or whenever we see each other, we, oh, oh this thing happened. Well, look, let's, let's, let's do a bit of that. As I said, one of the particular highlights for me has been this idea of bringing guests in. Who have been some of your favourite guests? And by the way, I should be very careful. Inevitably, we're not going to mention everyone. Yeah. And so I do want to say thank you to every guest.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And and the the podcast only works because we have guests, we have subjects that are interesting. Yeah, so I, I agree. I really enjoyed the two episodes we did with Rick Seal from Creatively Challenged, mm-hmm. which we recorded. off. I think the only episode, apart from when we've been away with work and we've dialled in, The only episode that we recorded off-site and we did at the Future Strategy Club. And I really enjoyed those because they, similar related subjects, but went in two very different directions. So one we talked about with Rich, who is a designer, the the role of leadership in design Mm -hmm. and how design affects organisations and creativity affects organisations. But I thought that was a fascinating
0: conversation. We has a fascinating background as well in yeah. terms of the design work that he's done on things like, um, I think it was Hyperloop, that was one of his... That one Yeah, the space- Virgin
1: Galactic mm. spacecraft, electric vehicles, mm. packaging, which is one of those things that is really mundane until you actually look at how it's created and the design well, and, the, and the
0: whole aspect of teams as well yeah um and i i love the discussion we had about whether ai was coming for us yeah and we talked so... about the role of ai in creativity and creativity and it was only this week i was having a discussion with some of my colleagues about ai and that conversation came to mind when i said it's not whether the AI are going to beat the designer. It's the designer with an AI assistant is yeah. going to beat the designer. That, that's human
1: it. machine teams. I just thought that was so interesting. And it was a refreshing conversation at a time where AI was sort of being talked about a lot as either this dystopian future. We will all die. We're all going to die. Or it's this utopian, you know, no, no one has to work anymore. We're going to solve the energy problem, the energy crisis. We're going to solve... Uh, global warming, because AI is going to help us and it's all going to be wonderful. And actually what was refreshing with Rich was that conversation was very nuanced about how it affects now, how he thinks and how we thought it was going to affect the future. And the fact that it is, it's not a utopia or a dystopia. But it was
0: refreshingly optimistic as well. It's a
1: thing we have to deal with. Mm. And there is opportunities, there is challenge and there is risk. But you've got to face it with optimism. You've got to face it with passion. Because if you, if we're going to get on with AI and make it work for us, we've got to design the future that we want to live in. And that, for me, was the key key takeaway. And and, and such an interesting conversation. So, what about you? What who's your well, so many. There's people
0: who have noticed there's probably a little bit of a theme here where m- my historical interest typically lies in the Second World War. That's that's where yeah, I yeah. spend a lot of time. We've been really, really, really lucky to have a number of guests who come from that world. And one we had recently was Dr. Waitman Bourne, who not only is an ex-U.S. Uh, Marine cavalryman, he was a
1: marine, army. U.S. Army Governor. Right? Army.
0: Sorry if Waitman's listening. He'll yeah, now Mark be, McGrath
1: was U.S. Marine. He'll,
0: he'll. And I have to be very careful because I'm surrounded by, by marines. We don't of, like being
1: called army and army people. Well, army I was about like to, to like say,
0: um, my my CEO, my U.S. CEO is a U.S. Marine. So I have to be very careful. Right. I'm seeing him next week, so I have to be very particularly careful. Anyway, no, but but uh, uh, Ura and apparently, something about eating
1: crayons. That, does that <laughs> extend to the UK Marines eating crayons? Oh, I, I, I've heard many a Matlow talk about marine eating crayons.
0: Where did this? Sorry, for the audience who doesn't know, um, the, the the British military and, of course, militaries around the world have a very robust. Uh, relationship with the other branches of the military, and so, for example, many of our R.E.F. friends, people tease them about what life on the front line in their hotel room is like. You know, various things about the Royal Navy, which I won't repeat because they're first of all slander, <laughs> and and secondly, honestly, just genuinely not true from my experience. But there, there is particularly for I've heard this more for the U.S. Marines, which is the crayon eating that they eat crayons. Why? Why do they eat
1: crayons? So I think and I, I could be wrong, but I think that is a reference to sort of kindergarten or nursery school children who eat the crayons, you know, the thick kids in the corner. Which which is <laughs> I find really interesting because in my experience, and I'm completely biased of course. Why would that be? Because if you cut me, I you know, I, I bleed Green. the Royal Marines. Green. But in my experience, you know, the your, your average Royal Marine, I'm not talking about commissioned officers or senior NCOs, your average Marine is far brighter, maybe not academically, they don't necessarily have the, the educational background, but in terms of ingenuity, judgment, capacity to take in information than your average sailor, airman, soldier. Now there are exceptions, of course. There are bell curves in all organizations. But can I just say ironic? You you slipped that in there (laughs) brighter than the Royal Navy and you just didn't even pause there when you say that. It's ironic that we're known as, you know, the the thick kids who, who who you know failed at school so they joined the Marines. And actually, I think we were talking about this the other day, the selection criteria at the Admiralty Interview Board for commissioned officers in the Naval Service, the highest scores. Uh, go to Royal Marines and uh, aviators.
0: You're just saying that to make me feel better because, in fact, I passed the AIP, so you're you're trying to do that. Okay. All right. Well, no, but going back to the guests, having Waitman on was just tremendous. So Waitman is a professor of um, Holocaust studies, and I I was very passionate for him to tell the story because it's not – I think the narrow story that I suspect many of our listeners have heard, but it was a much broader story. That in itself was worth it alone. If he would have just come on and given us a historical lecture, that'd be valuable. But I remember before we started recording, I made the point that I wanted to be so careful that we didn't trivialize it and then say, and and these are the lessons we can draw. And I remember the moment in the conversation with Waitman where he said, look, Chris, I think you need to stop saying that because actually there are clear lessons and and i thought that was such a really interesting conversation that that led us right back to the heart of what we talk about in terms of you know the standards you walk by the standards you accept i've used that phrase lots and lots recently where i work good but so i i I love that yeah so so i had
1: way down as, as one of my favorite episodes as well and i think it's interesting we obviously record several weeks in advance we recorded that episode before the the horrific Hamas we attack did, didn't in Gaza, we? but we released it after and, and during, you know, it's ongoing the the current crisis in the Middle East. And, and a couple of people I spoke to, and I said, "We've just recorded this really interesting episode," and a couple of people said, "Oh, are you, you going to release it now? Are you, there's a lot of conversation about anti-Semitism. There's a lot of you know, polarized views. It's a very contentious thing." We had that discussion and, and said, no, we've got to talk about it. And one of the things I I want to continue doing with this podcast is to not be afraid to tackle complex, contentious, polarized, heated and loaded issues, as long as we are honest with ourselves and honest with our audiences. And as long as we are, you know, upfront about the fact, we are not experts in in most of the things we talk about but we shouldn't shy away from having difficult discussions. So I was really pleased that we we pushed that one out. And, and actually all the feedback we've had has been really, really good. So if you haven't listened to that episode... Definitely want to, to go and see Episode
0: it. 43, I did my... Good I knowledge. Did, good well, no, not good knowledge. I, <laughs> I don't read much, but I write notes apparently for the episodes. That was a good one. So, what, what was one for you then? Yeah, another one for me.
1: Early on, one of the first guests we had was um, Colonel Joe Brown, who, who is a, a very close personal friend of mine anyway. And we, we worked together a long time ago. Uh, and, and a lot of the things we talked about in the episodes are things that Joe and I have had long conversations about in, in the past but really important conversations. And we met each other when we were sort of middling officers, like middle management, if you like, as um, both majors in me and the Marines, Joe in the Army, but working together in the same unit. Joe was the deputy chief of staff and I was the operations officer. So I was responsible for sort of day-to-day meeting of the, the current demand and, and the deputy chief of staff's job is to manage personnel management, careers, retention, discipline, and so that we we overlapped a lot when we were talking about the people in the organisation, and that's why things like mentoring, coaching, were were such important subjects. And, and Joe's gone on to have a very successful career and he's continuing to do so and he's doing very, very well. And part of that is his passion for investing in the people, not just the people in, under his charge in whatever command position he's in, but people generally across the military, people that he interacts with day to day. And it's that genuine passion for getting the best out of people and teams that I think we really explored in those episodes and that, that Joe sort of embodies and is, is a great example of where the military creates really good leaders who are knowledgeable about their subjects, capable of, you know, managing stressful conditions, judgment, difficult conditions when they haven't slept and all of the stuff we've kind of talked about, but also have Learned, developed, uh, and become passionate about getting the best out of people. And one of the things we haven't talked about that it's only and it's not even on our list, and it kind of just occurred to me that we should probably talk about is what value veterans have to civilian organisations. That's, That's a good one. We should definitely do. Well,
0: actually, we'll, we'll come back to that in terms of episodes we want to do. See, this is this is the perfect example about why we do this, which is even when we talk about things which we think are just you know reminiscing the things we've enjoyed doing new ideas sort of appear and one of those is it turns out there are more people that want to talk about what makes good managers good leaders good business we've been lucky we found all of these people but i think the point is they already existed we just we just connected them so we we've talked a lot about curiosity and i think for all of our listeners go talk to people you work with go talk to people you know and if you haven't done that i think you'll be surprised actually how much people want to engage in that conversation so we're lucky we've got this network of people and we can find these people please don't underestimate the person sitting next to you the person you work with your manager the people that report to you i think they're super valuable, super valuable and it, it it's a really interesting conversation that Everyone has a perspective. That's the other thing I think we've learned this year. Yeah, absolutely. So I've got, <clears throat> I'm going to put these two together again. And I think they represent, um, again, this idea of the <clears throat> the value of history can tell us some interesting things. But also what's been great about this podcast is a chance to connect with old friends and a chance to make new friends. And so uh, Ian Pegg, episode 32, to yep. so write that down, who talked about the role of chaplains and I I've mentioned that one already today but I I love that
1: because I'm gonna pour some wine please
0: please I do it loud you have to do it loudly we we had someone say how much they enjoyed that so you should do that but I love that because just this idea of chaplains in World War II it as I said earlier you would think oh what could we learn about this and yet it was super enlightening and then we went to someone else who's an so ian as a new friend a friend yeah. of the podcast and, a, and person i've got to know oh, great. that was a great episode but then another one so mary brazier who i've known a little bit longer and we met on a, a world war ii battlefield tour who talked about um uh raf uh aircrew and stress and how you dealt with that. And and in what we've often found with our our guests, particularly the ones who come from a historical background, is that they often, their interests historically reflect their interest in day-to-day. So Ian is a senior manager in a government organisation, and Mary is a senior manager in the the NHS. So I I love those. So uh, Ian's was uh, episode 32, the role of chaplains, and uh, Mary was... Uh, episode forty. Sorry, Ian was episode thirty-two. Mary, episode forty-five. And fantastic these unexpected insights, frankly, and the excuse to learn interesting new stuff as well. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, I think I think finally for me, talk about guests we've had on it's a, a very recent one was Mark McGrath. We're going to talk, I think, about some of our favorite episodes, and I'm pretty sure John Boyd will, will come up as, as one of those. John Boyd being the late Lieutenant Colonel from the U.S. Air Force who came up with the concept of the OODA loop and, and a whole load of thinking around adaptive systems. We did John Boyd in the Influencers episode, and I think we both agreed that we had potentially sort of done the subject of John Boyd justice, but hadn't gone into anywhere near enough detail around the concept of the Uda loop itself. Uh, and I happen to have already been talking to Mark McGrath, who's a former, in fact, I'm not allowed to say that, a US Marine. Yeah, because you're never a former US former Marine. Former serving artillery officer, but a US Marine, so once a Marine, always a Marine, simplify, who then through a 20 year career in asset management, a master's degree in economics, had and, and a prolific reader, you know, such a bright guy with so many references and insights to, to talk about the the realities of, of what we mean by the concept of the OODA loop. And I talk about it as a concept rather than a model or a process or a thing, because the, the key point that came out of it in both the, the John Boyd episode and our interview with Mark was... How much this is an evolving, yeah. Process. I I
0: don't think we I don't think we successfully completed scratching the OODA loop itch.
1: No, and I but, think that, that but that's the of topic the of that's the yeah. point of it,
0: which is there's so many dimensions to it. And rather well, than it's definitely not a circular diagram. That was one thing Mark was yeah, very clear yeah, yeah. on. Don't
1: draw it as a circle. And one of the things I absolutely love about Mark is his passion for the subject and his recognition that. This is not about telling a story about somebody else's work. This is a continuation of an evolving organic thing, organic developing understanding. It's a field of research, not a concept, a doctrine, or a model. And so for me, you know, a brilliant, only just been released, but a brilliant episode and one that I thoroughly enjoyed. And I can't wait to have Mark back on the podcast in the future. And we should obviously advertise Mark McGrath Mm. and Ponce Rivera's podcast, No Way Out. If you want to know more about John Boyd, dynamic systems Mm. and Oodaloops, absolutely the podcast to listen to No Way Out. It's brilliant. Yeah, fantastic.
0: And and another example of one of those people who my head hurts at the end of it because of those. But in a good way. In a good way, because so the source. Um, Last couple of people, um, a, a very old friend of mine. Sorry, that sounds like he's old. What I mean is I've been friends with him for many years, Douglas Waterfall. And what was really, for me, really fascinating was he is a software engineer by trade. And I loved his take on leadership and management. So his episode was all about why teams don't work and hubris and humility. So that was episodes 29 and 30. But it was such a different take on the leadership. He doesn't come from that. You know, I write books or I think about this. Or this is just a mm. person on the ground who over many years has tried to figure this stuff out in his own world as a software engineer. And what I
1: love about Douglas is he is an, an acronym, which is somebody whose name matches their job. So his name is Douglas Waterfall. No, we no, talked no. a lot about the movement from waterfall to agile methodology. Well, I was going to say surely that means it. he's not because he's anti- agile. anti anti yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's just brilliant, isn't it? It's like you know being called Mister Baker and being a professional chef, or you know. Like, See,
0: these yeah. are the things that amuses <laughs> the podcast. Uh, two, two last ones. Uh, Theo Bigby. So Theo stands out for me, and actually, it's a very, very popular episode. Mm. Theo stands out for me because Theo emailed you yep. and picked us up on some language and said, it wasn't clear what you were saying. We used the term woke in a...
1: In I a... think Theo was, yeah you know, very politely, and I know Theo through the Future Strategy Club, reached out and very politely said, I think I understand what you're trying to say, but you keep talking about the value of diversity, not the purposes of inclusion not for the purposes of fairness but we mean diversity in terms of diversity of thought and he said they're not mutually exclusive and we and I, and I, I think we weren't trying to say they were we weren't we weren't but it was an. it was it but was, it was an, a it was a confusion that we had but the language we used had created and yeah, you know, he was right to reach out and we had a discussion and I said, well, why don't, why don't we discuss it on a podcast? Why well, and, we, and I thought you know, it hit was this thing head on. It, it was a brilliant.
0: Episode. I really, really enjoy. I mean, I enjoy most of these episodes, fact, I think okay. I enjoy all of them. But the thing that on that one was lots of the conversations about diversity and inclusion kind of, ugh, this is going to sound terrible, are a little bit, we're going to say the right things because saying the right thing is the right thing to say it. The, even when people are being genuine and honest, it, it feels one-dimensional, and it didn't. It doesn't add a lot to the conversation. Yeah. The people who feel that this is valuable are going to agree. The people who don't won't. That's fine. What What I loved about our conversation was we. I felt we went way beyond that. Okay. What are the look? We, we value this diversity inclusion. How do you do that? I, I mean, yeah. we We talked about yeah. real world. I was hiring people at the time. How did How do we think about that? How do you do that properly? And we
1: We talked about some of the it becomes very didactic, very yeah. doctrinal, like and this is the right thing to do and therefore you can't question it. But there are complexities that come from starting to talk about inclusion and diversity that I think we, we discussed. I don't think we necessarily solved the problem. No, but, but I... talked about them as, as real-world problems and challenges and the, the frictions that are created. And um And I think... Theo guided us through that conversation really, really skillfully. Yeah, so. That's one of the episodes where I think I have reflected the most post-episode about my own beliefs, my own behaviours, my own language. Not in a, I've got to avoid saying things that are offensive, or because because I think I'm relatively grown up about these things. But just in terms of understanding wider perspectives, on a really complex issue.
0: So. I think it helped me because when people talk about diversity inclusion after we'd had that conversation, I was much more confident to talk about why. Last person on my list is Brigadier John Creswell. We we mentioned, we name-checked John earlier on. thing that was really great was John is the second in command of the 1st French Infantry Division at the moment. So at one level, he had no business coming on the podcast because he's a bit busy, but I thought that was wonderful how he talked about fear, uncertainty. And we, we came back to that in other episodes, but I I thought that was a really interesting and very genuine take on some of those things. So uh, we we've, we have had such a fantastic range of these guests and thank you for all the guests that have come on. If you're listening and on behalf of all the listeners that, you know, uh, has been a particular kick for me. So we've we've talked about guests. Let's take a very quick break, and then maybe we'll do a quick dash through some of our favourite episodes. Brilliant. Uh, welcome back. Hopefully, you too has a have a has a have a glass of wine or beer. Sorry, I realise there's not much wine left in this bottle. Now me. you're slurring your words. Slurring my words. It it is New Year. Well, hopefully everyone is also equally relaxed. There's a bunch of Quality Street rappers, empty rappers lying around. Um, We we talked about some of our favourite guests and I just wanted to spend just a few minutes talking about some of our favourite episodes as well. And I guess it goes without saying, if you've not caught any of these episodes or even if you've caught them, but you want to go back and listen to them. Please do. We're well over 50 episodes now. They're all available. Go download them and have a listen. Can actually, can I admit something? Yeah. I don't know this is terrible. A lot. I listen to all the episodes now. I know lots of people who sort of do grander things, and they say, "Oh, darling, I never, I never listen to myself." I am fascinated because when we record these things and we're having conversations, I'm very much in the moment, and so we're sort of thinking and reacting and talking. And I found going back and listening to it is. I can't remember what I'm going to say next or any of our guests are going to say next. So I yeah. actually, that's a terrible, I'm probably a very bad person for doing that. But no, I... I, don't, I don't think so at all. I,
1: I agree with you. The The process of recording an episode is very, very different. I don't tend to listen to the episodes when they're released. Well, you've rec- you've because I, I go through the edit process. So I get to normally two or three weeks later, listen back through as I'm editing. But, yeah, you get a very different perspective. You do, don't you? to the conversation. Fascinating. Effectively, as a third party listening to yourself talking, yeah. which, firstly, I find deeply uncomfortable. I think it's natural to hate the sound of your own voice and, and not like listening to yourself talk. But once you get over that, actually, what I find reassuring, I suppose, is I listen to the conversations and then... I, I second guess what my answer is going to be. I was going to say, I did. More mul- often than not, I'm, know, I'm not pleased that I
0: occasionally there. have mildly interesting things to say that yeah. surprises me.
1: But I also, I tend to have the same views, even two or three of yeah. the Well, one, know, one would hope so.
0: I'm going to start with one of my favourite episodes. And, and actually, one of the reasons why it's my favourite episodes is, I would argue this is one of the topics that ultimately led us To to me saying, yes, let's go do this, this podcast. I can't remember, who did suggest we were going to do this? Was it you or me? I must like the sound of my own voice. But this is a topic. This was episode number three. So I would imagine it was quite clunky and probably the audio was sort of the early stages. We're trying to work out how to do this. But personal narratives, episode number of three. And this reflects, first of all, a topic I'm super passionate about in terms of, how people perceive us and how that impacts on our effectiveness to this day it's i I do lots of coaching and mentoring and when i have this conversation with those people and i talk about this idea that it's not how you think of yourself it's how individuals see you and how that can have a huge impact on how successful you can be and whether or not you are able to solve their problems along with your problems I really enjoyed that, so uh, maybe I have to go back and listen to it again and see whether I was talking nonsense. But that was that was definitely uh, an episode I enjoyed. So if you haven't listened to it, maybe you caught up with the podcast later. Do me a favor, download episode number three, personal narratives, because it's it's a you'll hear stories of why that matters to me.
1: I've oh, heard out conversations I've had with people who've listened. That is a, a an episode that resonates with people. But it's a concept they hadn't heard of before, and I think for me, apart from perhaps three hags and bee hags, or oh, I'll come which to that, completely alien to me. The idea of personal narrative was a new concept that I was introduced okay. to, which again makes it yeah but, really. But interesting. that's
0: what that's what this podcast has been about for us. We talked about starfish and spiders, spiders recently, yeah. and. Yeah, the running gag is that I don't read books, but you really do, and so. But slowly, well, that's okay. That's okay, <laughs> the slowly. But the yeah. point is that these are I. It's nice that we can sort of share these concepts, some of which we're very both familiar with, and some of which we've never heard of. Yeah, I've particularly enjoyed some of the military ones as well, which my my time in the military was very limited, and I was at a very junior level, so I wouldn't have necessarily come across these. But VUCA has one which is really been fascinating and it, it once a you, really popular episode as well well once you, once you hear about this sort of concept of VUCA and uncertainty you see it everywhere you look yep. and I've heard more people talking about it going oh, I know what that is now so that, that that's been fantastic come on what, what's come one on. for you
1: well I, I had VUCA on my list actually and I really enjoyed that because I talk about VUCA an awful lot in my day job in the work that I do I talk about. So, for those of you who haven't listened to it, VUCA is volatility, uncertainty, complexity and ambiguity. And if they all sound the same, you need to go and listen to the episode to find well, out they why they the episode anyway. Well, of course. But I, what I really like about it is I talk about VUCA a lot, but that episode forced me to just still it down and be able to explain it in a concise way. And that has added a level of discipline to how I talk about VUCA, so it's helped me. But I also, it, it's one of my favourite subjects. Is you, I will have mentioned, and this will come up. I, I undoubtedly in this episode, I talk about the Kinefin framework a lot. I talk about UDA loops. No, um, not the Kinefin you know, framework. Systems of systems, and, and all of these things. And this is a subject I'm immensely passionate about because. I think most of the problems that organisations face, militaries, commercial organisations, political organisations, countries, they come down to the fact that we misalign the problem space that we're in. And we don't recognise complexity over i can't
0: tell you how many times i've said to people this is a complicated problem not a complex problem so the <laughs> problem with this podcast has been i've i've taken this with me well that, that's good and well that's the so point i really this, enjoyed
1: that episode but for me episode two and and i think for, for anyone who's listened to episode one you'll know that that was us kicking a football around trying yeah. to work out what a podcast is so the <laughs> A, the sound quality is terrible, and and B, we kind of ramble a lot, which I think we're doing a lot anyway. But I was going to say, I'm not sure after 50 episodes we've changed. But episode two is missions, purpose, vision, and goals, and what's the point? And, And again, it was an episode that made me really think about when we talk about objectives, when we talk about goals, when we talk about purpose, these old terms that get conflated, they're terms that we use as synonyms, but actually... There are, and when you start to talk about their distinct and discrete definitions, and of course, those definitions themselves are subjective, but when you start to talk about it, you get into these discussions in the margins of what's the difference between you know a vision and a goal, and what's the difference between a mission and a purpose. What I really like that was the episode we released within. 24 hours of it being released, I had two independent people saying, this is a problem my organization has been talking about. And they've been going round and round the boy on this, or if you're American, the buoy on this for weeks. And actually, I told four or five people to listen to this episode in my company. And then we all came in and solved the problem in three hours. And, and two different people in two different organizations came and said that. and And that that suddenly you know, gave me the spark to say, this podcast has got something. There's the thing. There's something here.
0: There's something else that I think I've, maybe it's reinforced. So we, I know, we've we only mentioned this six or seven times this episode that I don't read. One of the reasons why I don't read as much as perhaps I feel I should is I get really nervous with, I've read a book and there's a chapter that talks about X and therefore I know the answer to these things. And what I've been reassured is that I I don't think just reading the book is, I don't know how valuable that is. It's words on a page. It's one dimensional. What's been really great as we've talked through these concepts is it brings it to life and you give examples and you debate it and you say, I don't know whether I understand that. And you try this. And so there's something about talking about these things even more than just even someone doing a presentation, let's say, that brings it to life. Now, the downside is I don't know that we ever get to the end of these conversations. We could probably go back to each of these episodes and have a follow-up. It's how you evolve these conversations and yes,
1: concepts. and the discourse is what's important. And I'm not going to mention names because it, I don't want to embarrass individuals, but I once worked with a a not-very-competent cavalry lieutenant colonel who was a commanding officer of a unit who was incredibly arrogant but not very capable in my opinion and a really good friend of mine who was a cavalry officer who worked with him I mentioned it and I said I wasn't that impressed by this guy and he said yeah he's a guy who reads well but he's not well read mm. and I think that's a really important thing you can read a book you can get to the end of it and then you can say I am now better at things, or you can read a book and you can, and this is why there are book clubs. So this is, you know, you can discuss them, you can explore the concepts and it's the start of a journey. And and I think podcasts provide that ability to have discourse. And that's why we're so energized by when the audience engages with us, when we get questions or comments or feedback, because it it's about, having the discussions it's about exploring complex issues and well i don't think we're ever going to solve these problems because well firstly you and i are not bright enough or or capable enough to do that but secondly these are problems that are like the ooda loop they evolve with yeah human development with sociological development and and we're not ever going to solve these problems because there aren't any solutions
0: are you telling me that complex problems rather than complicated problems
1: you have learned something i'm very proud true this is really (laughs)
0: true um there's there's uh, so going back to favorite episodes um there's two that i'll pull together which is 10 reasons to spot when your project may not be on track that's episode (laughs) 21 and what's the point of meetings episode 22 um, that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And it was click baitedly named how not to, how to make
1: me. Having spent a suck. couple of minutes at the beginning. Of the I, know,
0: I know, I know we I, don't do that click. we, we weakened for that one. We <laughs> did weaken on that one, but what, what I enjoyed about both of those episodes and they're very practical. They're, they're probably are sort of the equivalent of a blog post of the 10 things you should know. But what I loved about both those episodes was both of them were triggered by something happening to me at work and going oh yeah and so that the uh how you know when things aren't going right was something had happened that day in the office when i'd gone i can't believe i missed that i should know better than that and i literally scribbled down 10 examples that became the podcast and likewise the how to make meetings not suck i can't remember whether i'd had a crappy meeting but we just we it amused us and that was one of those ones which was less it's a book. It's a concept, and more. Okay, now this is just experience of how to do this. So, I very much enjoyed those. Um, you mentioned B hags and three hags. So, it. this
1: was one of mine. But you gone? Why was it interesting to you? Well, because it was an absolutely brand new concept, and I, I genuinely had never heard the term three hag or B hag. And you introduced these ideas and these these concepts, and we discussed them, and I learned a hell of a lot. But as we went through, I, I saw all the golden thread to So you know, we we, we should two. say for people who've never people have
0: never heard about this. So BHAG, Hag, big, hairy, audacious goal. So that's a it, it's how as a how as a business do you find your North Star or yeah. the thing that you the the thing we're gonna get to the moon and then three hag is the three year highly achievable goal.
1: Yeah. And it, it related so, so much to the episode I mentioned, episode two, mission, purpose, vision and goals. And it related to what we talked about in terms of strategy and, and strategy not being the same as tactics. And and again, there's whole episodes around this, but it it was an absolutely new concept. But once again, it's brilliant. Those overlap, and those well, related
0: projects. There's a yeah. joy for both of us when you see one of these concepts that's so simple and so brilliant. My favorite bit about that episode was someone I I, I work with. I, I was chatting to them and they literally went beehagy and winked.
1: <laughs>
0: and I just think how that was not on my bingo card for 2023 that someone would use a quote from one of our episodes, wink at me. (laughs) In other words, saying I did listen to it, you know? So I thought that was absolutely wonderful, but a a really great example. And it maybe we, you know, we haven't talked about this this much, this, this episode, but this was at the heart of what got us talking, which was BHAG and 3HAG is a very business West coast America, you know, yeah. private equity, venture capital kind of an idea. But what was really interesting was how we then said, oh, that's really interesting. Does the military have an equivalent? We kind of went, well, yes and no. Yeah. It it was the perfect example of comparing and contrasting. Yeah. I rem- I can't remember which episode it was actually, but there was another one of those aha moments for me. And they, they typically, there's two or three of them in an episode, but you talked about the fact that, the The military is fantastic with its operational art. It's very good at it. It's what it does every day. And yet you then step slightly to one side and talk about acquisition,
1: and they're terrible. And well, it was just this yeah.
0: really, really interesting
1: that that is a really good example of military, the dichotomy of and and the the sort of paradox, if you like, of an organisation that spends so much time talking about how it's going to deal with uncertainty and challenge and then shuts down for the day, it's well, back to... I love it when it know, gets a bit of certainty. Office, and, and, and absolutely can't cope. And and I was talking today with, with a, a colleague that I work with, and he's ex-army, and we were talking about some of the brilliant things about militaries, about the Army, about the Marines, about the Navy, the Air Force, some of the cultural things that are great, some of the the ways that they can learn lessons and they can be adaptive, and then some of the things that really are disappointing in the fact that they can't learn and that there are are some really challenging things about changing culture that the military epitomises the worst of the worst in terms of cultural adaptation. And yet, it also epitomises the best of the best. Well, and 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 I think that dichotomy, that paradox, that challenge—that's at the heart of what we want to do. Well,
0: but and in the same way, I would then say, no, no, I think you're wrong. I think it's the the business world that is the is the epitome of not being able to say that. That's interesting. All right. Well, look, there are more episodes to do it. There are apparently more episodes to let's let's do a quick couple of quickfire things. Guests next year, yeah, Gareth. A couple of guests or maybe types of guests that we are we are claiming we're going to try and get next year for the podcast yeah so
1: these are uh i'm going to mention four people three of which have already committed one is not aware but i'm hoping by naming them you know i'm gonna <laughs> well have you're on the podcast up. saying you're coming sorry yeah, yeah. i say you said you're coming <laughs> we said you were coming so, so the first one is uh is a, a chap that i shared. at the beginning of this episode that one of the things the podcast does is it gives us an excuse to talk to people that you wouldn't normally and this is a guy who was my very very briefly as I left the military was for a very short period of time my boss but more importantly I maintained a relationship with went back and did some work for and 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 our paths crossed a few times and then because he's so senior, I had no reason to talk to him until we had the podcast, at which point I reached out to him and said, I'm doing a podcast, do you want to come and and join And he was really enthusiastic. The problem is he he left the army as a two-star general, so as a major general, and as you'd expect, has stepped into an equally sort of high-status role in the city and is an incredibly busy man. And so whilst he's really keen to come on the podcast, he has committed and then had to rearrange three or four times now. So I'm going to call him out by name so that I can add the bold, A bold move. Yeah, absolutely. And then I will message him straight away to say that I've done it and say, now you've got to come on. So it's um, Major General Chris Bell. And Chris Bell is um, a guy that when you meet him, you you know that he is bright, articulate, charming, but he's also thoughtful. And he, he had a couple of roles in the later stages of his career in the army, which really required thinking differently. And the things that we'll get into when, if and when we get him on the podcast, related heavily to... Telling stories, and it relates to what you said about personal narratives as well, because the narrative, the story that you tell, and we went into this when we talked about Leonard, uh, not Leonard Cheshire, when we talked about David Sterling and Paddy Main, you that the legacy, the the story, the legend, these are really important aspects of when you get to a level of leadership that is not small team leadership, and it's about influencing people that you don't have day-to-day contact with so as a general in the army or as a ceo of a multinational or as a politician Mm -hmm. half of the battle is telling the story that expresses your vision when you don't have one-to-one conversations you don't get to have people in a room and talk to them so chris bell left the army and went into a business that is all about helping people tell stories, capture narratives, but in a really positive way. So we're going to get General Chris Bell on. and I'm committing to this, so he has to commit now to talk about the power of storytelling. And that's an episode I'm really, really excited about. What about
0: you? Oh, there's a long list. So the first thing is we want to get Waitman back because Waitman's stories about being a tanky. And sitting in a, in a an Abrams and then latterly a Bradley, we we want to hear that. I heard him talk about this with a British uh, armored officer, and I thought the conversation about small teams and the relationship to small teams that so was yeah. I
1: I hadn't got him written down, but I'm going to mention Graham Jessup, who is a ex Royal Armoured Corps tanky but from, from the UK, from about the same era. Um, and I wonder if he would come on in the same episode so we could have that conversation about an American perspective and a British perspective. Oh,
0: I think it would be fascinating. They're both,
1: I think, sort of tail end of the Cold War, start of the war on terror kind of era, one from Abrams and Bradley, one from Challenger 2 kind of perspectives. And, and they'll just talk about... I, I was stuff. gonna say we don't we don't have to get which, involved in that no, drink wine.
0: Exactly, money. exactly. Yeah. So there's there's another person I won't name, um, but a fascinating an ex-British ambassador to an African country, and at the risk of sort of teasing it, a particularly volatile African country, let's say. But the, the reason why I'm not naming them is because they are extraordinarily busy. And so, Absolutely. therefore, I don't. I don't want to overcommit, but I think their story is particularly interesting. They once once regaled me with the story of how they were having a WhatsApp conversation with a warlord. And anyone who has that kind of story is welcome on our podcast. But the, the thing there that that's interesting to me is an ambassador is another one of these slightly unusual kinds of leaders because you think of them as sort of the Ferreira Roche people of the world. But the reality was this was a person that was responsible for the people in the embassy yeah. when there was gunfire going around them. So I would love to get
1: back. That would be fascinating. And I think that, yeah, you're right. The general perception of ambassadors is it's, it's about diplomacy. Yeah. You? So it's about garden parties and it's about getting called in when your country has a bit of a squabble. And But there's so much more because the things that happen in embassies you know, they are covered by diplomatic immunity they are you know military organizational hubs they are intelligence organizational hubs they are security nightmares they are dealing with prosperity and commerce they're dealing with crime organized crime well it's that's massive. the
0: thing it's There's the so it's the range odd. of
1: it's the range of leadership which and is... as an ambassador you are not the ceo or the general that is empowered you are the spokesperson you are the mouthpiece of the central government and so judging what you can make decisions about and what you have to convey messages about is such challenging i'd love to get into that conversation well we
0: we've we've this is someone i've been talking to and we've just got to try and make it work there's one more I'll talk about because I know we're 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 sort of running close to time, and actually this is more of an advert because I know we actually have this one booked in the diary. But I am really excited to go to Sandhurst. Yeah. Um. Now, admi- admittedly, it's the army, and obviously I won't say that on the day. Uh, and I'm Royal Navy, and you're Marines, but you know we we need to give our army brethren. But we're going to go to the Army Centre of Leadership, yep. and that I'm really excited about to hear. From the horse's mouth, frankly, the leadership. But not, I mean, part of this piece was about where we want to go. We we kind of know we're going to Sanders to pack. not kind of.
1: We've got We've it got booked. In fact, when this New Year's episode goes out, the Sanders episode will be imminent. 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 But
0: I would love to go back and speak to my um, my sort of family in the Royal Navy. So a trip to Dartmouth. I mean, frankly, that just we sounds like that? an excuse in the summer. He's River. Been no, no, I was air crew. Why would I want don't. to do sailing? Sailing's on a boat. I don't do boats. Again, some of my native yeah, colleagues would be should. less impressed. Yeah. But but also, you know, RAF. And we we joked about this, but I'm I'm semi-serious. Well, the first piece I'm very serious. The second piece I'm semi-serious. Would love to go do Limston as well. So yeah. Limston, the home of the Royal Marines. And we the here you go. Here's the the promise we won't keep. See that way, I'm setting the right expectations. I said to Gareth, "What if we did a podcast on the raw Marines assault course? Which, by the way, for those of you who aren't in the military, is famed as a as a really well,
1: There is the charge and assault course, and then there is the endurance. Course.
0: Well, I was sorry. I apologies. I was thinking the endurance course Aye. because there's lots of. Well, the endurance course. So, as a as a young naval officer with some spare time at the end of our time at Dartmouth, we were told, "Right, you lot, go to Limpston. You're going to do a, an acquaintance. You're going to visit them. They're going to tell you about the Royal Marines, and uh, you're going to do a subset of the endurance course." I can assure you, as a set of aircrew, this was the least exciting thing, except for some of the really keen people. But yes, I have been dunked. I I, it, I mean. I've always seen this on the TV. It's the bit where you're you're pulled dip. through. Is it yeah, a sheep dip?
1: the sheep dip? so we should yeah, do that a fully submerged wouldn't title, that yeah. be
0: great if you can get some ptis to shout at us whilst me being pulled through the sheep dip and you standing there with an amused look on your face i
1: can almost certainly we should that. do
0: that we should so do that.
1: i'm gonna write that down as a thing to achieve for 2024
0: oh, i would love that because what you this is i can almost picture it which is the me going <gasps> and you going chris we haven't
1: started yet <laughs> The warm-up, Chris.
0: The warm-up.
1: Yeah. (laughs) How how long is
0: it? How long is the endurance
1: course? uh, so it is two miles of obstacles on Woodbury Common and then a four-mile run back to camp. Sorry, I don't know if you could hear that. That was a deep exhalation of breath there thinking. But that
0: would be a fun thing to do because we could, as we go around, we could talk about the Royal Marines. There you go. You can tell me all about the Royal Marines. You can tell me about the ethos. You can tell me about the history. You can tell me about leadership. That's what we do. We're going to go book that.
1: Yeah, and I wonder if we could probably get the Commandant of Limpskin to possibly jump on for an interview. I think there's things to explore there, definitely. I, on on a similar military theme, and again, I've got... Uh, Again, a verbal commitment, but we're trying to tie down the dates, is a guy called Paul, who is an ex-carrier pilot, but also was an air crash or air accident investigator. So when there is a fatal accident or a near fatal accident involving aircraft in the military, for logical reasons of neutrality, they get somebody from another service but also understands aircraft, to do investigations. So Paul is a Harrier pilot from the Navy, so you will get on very well with him. But he was an air accident investigator to a fatal crash that was a uh, an RAF fast jet accident or incident. And, and what I find really fascinating when I talk to Paul is, is this difficult, almost paradoxical situation of, These are machines that are highly tuned, technical, complicated systems that have to fly within the limits of the the way that they operate. We've talked about my annoyance at Top Gun in in this podcast before. Have we? I've mentioned it a couple of times, but there's the thing about the the concept of the maverick that I, I oh probably... that's fine.
0: Sorry, I thought you had issue with the film oh, no, itself, and we would film. we would come to blows no, no, quite no. quickly. Yeah, there. No, 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 that's fine. The term about maverick, absolutely.
1: But you have to respect the fact that these are aircraft that fly at phenomenal speed. You're doing eight miles a minute over the ground. You the slightest movement has a huge implications and and the consequences and the tolerances are very very tight so you can't mess about and at the same time they're war fighting capabilities so you are having to adapt to new threats you're having to adapt to new tactics you're having to adapt to new weapon systems and it links very neatly to what we talked about with john boyd in terms of the human dynamic and the mechanical dynamic. Well, and, and I want to ask him because
0: the, the the having been briefly an aviator, um what causes accidents is yes. another fascinating and, and thing. more chain
1: that causes it. How do you then get the lessons learned? Yes so you can, and and there's a there's a whole load of yeah you know, cross pollinated from the air crash investigating world into the world of business about lesson learning. And there's a lot about psychological safety and a whole lot of stuff. But but for me, what I think really interesting is how do you allow mission command, something that we have espoused many times before on this podcast, the idea of pushing risk-taking and decision-making down to the lowest possible level so that people can adapt and learn and develop without allowing these phenomenally complex Systems to get pushed beyond the limits of their capability, and and I think in warfighting, and in my experience as a commando, ground like infantry raiding kind of operator, there's there's a lot more tolerance in in the application you of judgment, more room to apply judgment. Yeah, and actually more need, I think, and and so once you get up to that very very low tolerance space. And and so, yeah, I think it's a really interesting conversation to have with Paul when so, we get him on.
0: Fun fact, because this is New Year, I have once in a bar in Helston or Falmouth actually used the phrase, yes, that's right, I'm a naval aviator. <laughs> Just to be clear, though, not long after, she said, are you a pilot? And I said, no, I'm a trainee navigator. And that ended the conversation there and then. But I am proud that I have actually used that phrase in anger doesn't just,
1: like just when you fly belly buttons belly buttons yeah naval oh label, label. Yeah. see what
0: you did there. See what you did that yeah. all right well look thank you for indulging us audience as we sort of look back as you can tell we've we've had a lot of fun over the last year thank you for listening as well um we've also got lots of exciting opportunities for for people we're going to talk to in episodes although to be honest Even if you didn't listen, this is just an excuse for us to talk to these people. The idea of going to Limston and doing the endurance course, probably with my family watching and laughing, that's fun alone. So um, you have to listen. And if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe because it will force us to do some of those things. But we hope you've enjoyed the content. Um, We've said at the end of every episode, you know, we do the spiel you're supposed to do at the end of the episode where you say, you know, subscribe if you like what you're doing, share with friends. We actually do really mean it. We really appreciate every single download, every single listener. We really appreciate your feedback. So if you haven't done so already, email us, battlingwithbusiness at gmail.com. That's business with two S's. You know, for the folks who are in countries that are far away from here, let us know who you are. Maybe we'll, this is very dangerous, I was going to say, maybe we'll imagine a prize for the person who emails us from the furthest place away. And and let us know what you're interested in hearing about. You can tell we've got, frankly, endless ideas, but we'd much rather follow some of your ideas as well, because that brings some of sort of the diversity of ideas and thought that we talk about so much.
1: Yeah. Um, we'd love to hear from you as well. Yeah, let us know what your favourite episodes were, who your favourite guests were as well. Because of course we can learn from that, and we can see what works and well, try. Who
0: else should we try to get on? Yeah, absolutely. Either what types of people or people you've 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 seen speaking, or you've heard of, or you've read about, or
1: or if. You, in fact, yourselves, think you've got something interesting to say. Um, yeah, reach out. And we'll we would love that. Can, yeah.
0: You know, the the delight of finding someone with a topic we've not thought about or bringing something new would be fantastic. Frankly, even if it's come to argue with us about some of the topics that you've heard us already talk about. On that note, let's, let's call it not just a day, but let's call it a year, Gareth. Thank you to everyone. Uh, we hope you are safe, well, warm dry, well-fed, loved with the people you want to be with and wish you a very happy new year. And um, we wish you all the best for 2024,
1: Gareth. Yeah, all the best for 2024. I hope it's prosperous and you achieve everything that you wanted to achieve from it. So yeah, thanks very much for listening. Cheerio. Cheerio. That's it for 2023 and we are really looking forward to carrying on the podcast for 2024. What you may not know is at the end of every recording before it goes to edit and I cut in the theme tune, Chris has a habit of humming the theme tune at the end. Uh, And I've kept the edits for all of these throughout the year. And here is a compilation of Chris Coming, I mean, the theme tune to Battling with Business.
0: We are now recording. Ding, didly ling ding, 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 Hopefully Gareth will have put in the real music here rather than me
1: just I talking about it. We'll, we'll do that. Maybe I'll forget.
0: Ding, diddly-ling,
1: ding, ding, ding. <laughs> ding, diddly-ling, ding, ding. Ding, <scholars> ding, 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 ling ding, ding. Ling, ding ding ding
0: ding ding. Doing. Is it changing? Is it? Ding 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 ding. Oh wait, I wasn't recording that. Ding diddly I, How do I do the variation? Know. I don't know. I don't know variations. To, Is there I a jazz? Ding. Triangle, Gang, triangle. I have to come up with the jazz variation. Ding 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 ding. Did you listen to the last one? Yes, the music's very. <laughs> Ling, ding 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 ding. Ding. Do we have to have a more solemn ding diddling? Ding ding. Ding diddling. Ding ding. That's the more sort of A minor version of yeah.
1: Ding, yeah.
0: Awesome. Lovely. Ding diddling, ding 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 ding. ding. Ding diddle. I don't know what the Marshall version of ding diddle ding 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 ding. probably have the, a Wagner esque. Wagnerian. Wagnerian yes. piece in it, yeah. We all it. Ding diddle ding 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 diddly-ding ding ding. I can't remember what happens in the second verse. Ding diddle ding ding. Oh ding! I can't do country and western version. Oh, of that
1: would be amazing. Yeah. You're on a banjo. Go. You're gonna company can't the really mime, I can't cut that. No, I know you can't no, cut no.
0: the mime in. I know you can't, but I did wave my arms in you a did. robot-like fashion.